Well, this is part of my coverage of the ashes. Uh, who's going to take the urn home? <laughs> Vidyut Sivaramakrishnan is part of the Tamra commentary panel for the ongoing ashes store on Sony 10.4. It started, if you remember, on the 8th of December, and it goes on right up till the 18th of January. And uh, currently, if you want to watch the second test of the Ashes Tour, uh, then you got to catch it live on Sony 6 in English, Sony 10.3 in Hindi, and Sony 10.4 is where you get the Tamil and uh, Telugu feeds. That's 9.30 a.m. Indian Standard Time onwards, uh, right up till the 20th of December. Hi, great to see you. I hope your family and you are safe and healthy and you've got all your vaccines with you. Yes, very much. You got all the vaccines and uh, it's great to be in Mumbai. I love Mumbai. So yeah, we're having a great time here. I look forward to a great test series. Super. Warner has a damaged rib going into the second test of the Adelaide Oval with you. He didn't feel during the England second innings of the Gabba. He didn't even bat during that short chase. In fact, journalists and TV crew are reporting that he didn't even look uh, comfortable in the net session yesterday. Will England target that knowing that perhaps Warner isn't coming in 100% fit? Yeah, I think they have to. I think England have to do something, you know, completely different from what they did the first test. So they have to come hard at Warner, come hard at Smith. You know, I think uh, uh, the only weak link or so in the Australian batting lineup is Harris. So I think if they get 2-3 early because of the pink ball, I think they can be right back in the series. But I think they've been bruised and battered in the first test and they have to be proactive and come up with something special to compete in the second test. A lot of people had said with you that Jai Richardson should have played in any case of the Gabba because of his stupendous performance in Shield cricket for Western Australia. And here he is coming in for Hazelwood who picked up a side strain uh, in Brisbane. What do you make of Richardson? Uh, I mean, here's a guy, I don't know, what is it that he can't do? 140 kilometers per hour, he swings the ball both ways, but I, I want your cricketer's perspective. I, I think it's a perfect, um, you know, opportunity for him getting into a pink ball test match. What else do you need? I think he would have been a handful of the Gabba where I've never seen so much grass in a Gabba pitch. And that's why I was surprised how England chose to bat first. So I think Jai Justin would have been really lethal in that uh, pitch and coming into... Adelaide, I think he'll be very difficult to play in the pink ball. He's had a great Sheffield Shield and it's a great opportunity for him to do well. Mind you, you have Stark, Cummins and uh, Hazel with three phenomenal bowlers. So, it's very difficult for Richardson to break and I think it's a great opportunity for him to do well. And I think England are not going to get any respite at all. You know, Richardson is a fantastic person for Hazelwood. So, it's going to be game on. I look forward to seeing him bowl. Chris Broad has gone public with you. He says he wanted to play at the Gabba. He had indicated to the management saying that he wished to play, but he didn't, didn't get to be in the 11. How much more seniority does it take to pull your weight and get into the squad? Uh, now he's on for this test. What are the Aussie left-handers going to be feeling now given Broad's round-the-wicket skills? I mean, Warner dismissed seven times by him in 2019. I have the numbers here. Marcus Harris thrice by Broad in 2019. Travis Head also fell thrice to him. Your thoughts on this epic bowler and his on the wicket skills. I'm shocking to see him not play in the first game. You're talking about Anderson brought 1,000 wickets or so and not playing the, the big series first game. I think that was really two things. Austria, Austria, England uh, batting first and not playing Broad Anderson were, I think, uh, very, very surprising moves. Anyway, we have moved on from that. I think Broad, what makes him so difficult is the height in which he releases the ball. I think he's 6-5 and from that height, bowling to short batsmen for them to get on the front foot is very, very difficult. So, I think he's... Uh, Trouble, Warner and Harris, like you said, he got them out, you know, 10 times together. So, they're going to face a lot of pressure. I think Anderson and Broad have to play if England have to uh, do well in the second test. Yes, they are aging. They need to be smart about how they are going to go about, uh, you know, uh, having enough time to recover. But I think this is a do-or-die game for England. You know, if they're going to find it difficult to come back in this test, it's going to be very difficult for them to, you know, compete in the Ashes series. So, I think Anderson and Broad should play. And Broad will definitely be a handful and so will Anderson because you've got to ball the, move the ball 
ball both ways so i look forward to watching them to bowl and i think england have to do it i think you cannot uh, look at this test match to say okay we want to preserve our fast bowlers no if you want to stay alive in the ashes you have to get your best 11 playing well said stokes bowled just 12 overs in that nine wicket defeat for england uh, because he had jarred his knee but apparently he's back at full steam everyone was talking about what a bad decision it was to play jack leach in that uh, first test your thoughts on ben stokes considering even with the bat and out in the field he had a very ordinary game with it. yeah i think uh, more than ben stokes the bowler england need ben stokes the batsman because you've seen the, the records of the english batters you know uh, uh, except joe root you have everybody averaging 25 in the in the calendar year so you know they have a lot of work to be done there so i think ben stokes has to play a big knock like what he did in headingly he can't do that every time but uh, you need to him to step up as a batsman because what are the options you have you have rodi burns who's finding it difficult you have a jack crawley sitting inside you know who can be a new replacement but then you talk about you know you have david malan has done well which is a good thing for england you have ben you have ben stokes who really needs to step up with the bat and then you have people like butler and ollie pope who again showed good signs of uh, batting well in the first uh, test first inning so yes they have a problem of plenty i think ben stokes more as a batsman needs to come good and he is capable of it yes he had a long layoff um you know he had some mental issues which is not good it's going to take him some while to get back but he needs to get his free flow back in this test in england have to do well and uh, there's too much pressure on joe root he has captaincy where you know a lot of people are after him you know and he's not he's not he's been quite defensive a lot of people have really been saying that joe root shouldn't be captain of the side and then he has to performance is bad as well so it's not easy at all for him so he needs at least two people to step up yes hamid uh, pope showed some signs of uh, doing well and like i said this is a big series so england have time to come back in the series but i think a lot of uh, things have to be done in this test otherwise it's going to be too late for them so here's my question to you vidyat we all know that there's a lack of batting depth that england have they are hoping that a full strength bowling attack anderson broad ollie robinson wood stokes will make up for that lack of batting depth you think they'll be able to yeah i think i think like you said jack leach was very disappointing the first test um i think more than you know i think every bowler does get hit get attacked but the way he came back and he, be- he became too defensive by just bowling the spread spread field and just giving the singles easily i think warner and labushain got after him the first four five overs but i think a good spinner would have come back and tried to control the game it's not about getting three four wickets or five wickets in a first day or second day pitch it's about how you control the game which nathan line has done so well throughout his career you know first day pitch you won't go for more than two and a half runs per over and that's what you need in a place like australia so that's what england would have need from jack leach which he didn't do so i think it won't be a bad idea of playing extra seamer and like i said god anderson have to play and they have to look at getting 20 wickets like you saw what happened the australia india test match i think the fast bowlers dominated so yeah and indian also have had the issue of the slow over rate so another fast bowler you, you need to think about how they they may lose a lot of points so there is a lot of thinking to do for england but i think the best way to go is for fast bowlers and Ben Stokes to bowl as well, yeah. Vidyat, now times have changed. But when Nathan Lyon started playing cricket in Australia and England, spinners were a rarity. And in India, fast bowlers were a rarity. <laughs> and here's a man who's become the second non-Asian spinner to take 400 wickets. Your thought on this exceptional veteran and his career? Uh, unbelievable. Loads of respect to somebody like Nathan Lyon. Uh, a finger spinner and bowling most of his career in a country like australia where you get no purchase on the first and second day and they only get to bowl a lot in the second innings for so for somebody like that to get 400 wickets is highly 
amazing i think what he's achieved over his career has been very very good and finger spinners are i think very very important in test cricket one day even t20 and he's shown that something like ashwin has shown that the t20 game is coming in bowling four overs beautifully so i think that's a mindset that finger spinners are not good enough for the short term nathan lyon has proved day in and day out that you know he, you can succeed in any format and test cricket has been amazing they call him the goat for no reason he has been really good and He still has a long way to go, so I won't be surprised if he's going to target 500 or 600. So he's still very fit, and um, he is bowling better every day. Even last test, he saw second innings. After that 400 mark came, he had to wait a long time for the 400 mark. Uh, we looked at it, the Gabba when he played India, and then there was a long break, and then first innings he couldn't get any wicket here. But the moment he got that, he got a four wicket also. I think a lot of pressure off his shoulders, and he's only going to get better as time comes. A fleeting mention of Ashwin in in your answer, and I want to take up on that. To me, it's fascinating, and maybe you can provide an insight as a as a fellow Tamil Nadu player. The fact that he's had to sit out on so many occasions, warming the bench, bench, even though he's the best off spinner in the world. How does he bounce back? Does he shrug his shoulders and say that's life, or does he get hurt? and come back even with even more positive energy uh, how does he do it it's a lesson for all the youngsters out there you know i, I think it's a fantastic question you've brought up and i just spoke to ashwin ray recently and from what from that conversation i learned that he's in a fantastic space he's in a great space and he's just enjoying his you know cricket because there was a point when you start thinking about all these things that are beyond your control you know it's very difficult for you to perform so ashwin is somebody who's he's learned to accept that what you know his selection is something beyond his control and he started enjoying himself um i think he's a fantastic um, a cricketer everybody knows about you know how he's performed but how he's come back uh, you know being the highest from playing t20 and uh, white ball cricket uh and then to come back and perform so well for ipl first for delhi capitals and then for the indian team shows the kind of character he has as a cricketer so and and like i said when i spoke to him he seemed such a good zone such a good place i won't be surprised if he's going to really you know outshine a lot of people which he's doing at the moment so a uh, great chap um sometimes misunderstood but a uh, wonderful person and i think a great he can see somebody who can become a great leader he's somebody who reads the game very very well uh and he can i think any ipl team should use him because he can really lead a team well and he has some great strategies great ideas so that's ashwin and um yeah he's a fantastic cricketer and like i said he's also you know he's somebody who's getting better every day you know and i think the way he bowled in australia was something i think he uh, outshined nathan lyon the series you know the way he bowled everybody was saying he only gets wickets in asia the way he came and bowled in australia showed what a true champion is very beautifully answered back to the ashes memorable pink ball test that you remember at the adelaide oval this year we're going to have two of them courtesy hobart coming in now yeah. i remember for example warner hitting a 335 not out against pakistan in 2019 he made a laugh laughing stock vidyut out of all those people who said <laughs> batting his stuff against the pink ball yeah, yeah. you have any great memories uh, yeah i think warner's knock was phenomenal i like i like the new zealand australia test match where australia won hasn got six wickets that was uh, i think that was a game where you know nobody knew till the almost the last ball was bowled all let, at least half an hour before the game and which side the game was going to swing so i think that was very very challenging and i loved watching that game and it was it was very interesting to watch how batsmen had to completely change gears because when you play a day game you know after the first two hours you know you especially in a place like australia can trust the ball and keep hitting through the line but in a pink ball game again the lights come on you have to go back to that mode where you have to leave a lot of balls so i think it's not easy for the batsmen to get into that uh, kind of mindset so that was really a uh, nice to see in that test match and hazlus bowling was really good so i love that test match yeah okay a few questions on uh, vidyut's career 
Uh, for those of you who are living under a rock and don't know, Vidyut Shivaramakrishnan is uh, the only batsman in the world to hit 100 at number 11 and 100 at number 1. I'm going to take you back to the to March of 2001. It's Tamil Nadu versus Delhi. Virinder Sehwag was a middle-order batsman back then. Badri was in his debut season as Badri Nath. Robin Singh Sr., Robin Singh Jr., both playing. And uh, here's Vidyut Shivaramakrishnan walking in at number 11 and uh, hitting a career-defining knock. We're talking 115 of 122 balls. Your memories of the what is obviously a, a very remarkable and memorable innings for you. Yeah, uh, I think it's very uh, memorable because I wasn't supposed to play the game because the previous day team meeting, Robin Singh was the uh, captain and he told me like, you know, uh, please help out with the fielding and uh, help out with the bowlers because those days we didn't have assistant coach or a fielding coach. We just had one coach and, you know, so obviously I wasn't meant to play the game and I was just giving catches in the morning, came back at 9.15 or something. And then um, I think after the game started, I still didn't know I was playing. After the game started, Robin came and asked somebody like, should we just buy number 10 or number 11? I was like, whoa, actually I'm playing this game. And, um, you know, um, some of the guys said, no, this is just a slam-bang player. Just send him at number 11. Let the, the debutant, Emma Srinivas, who's from Mumbai, uh, let him go at number 10 because he can defend the ball better. You know, I think that's pure destiny. Because I was supposed to go at number 10. And if I'd gone number 10, the record wouldn't have been there. So, because I went at number 11. And another thing, is I, I actually used uh, the great Sachin Tendulkar's bat that game. Because Sadagopman Ramesh's brother, uh, S. Mahesh, um, he had a bat which was so good and I just borrowed it from because those days we didn't have our own bat. And then after I got the 100, he came and told me this bat is uh, Sachin's bat. So that made it even more special. Wow. So yeah, it was it was nice. It was it was a good knock. You know, only after How I did, came to... Sorry to interrupt. How did Mayesh yeah. have that bat? <laughs> uh, because uh, so Sadakum Ramesh was playing for India at that time. Ah. And Mayesh and Ramesh are brothers. So Sachin had given that bat to... Uh, uh, Ramesh and Mahesh had got it for the game. So that's how it happened. And yeah, it was nice. It was it was something, obviously, I, w- I wouldn't have dreamt of doing that. But I came to the 80s and then I thought, whoa, okay, I have a chance. And it just happened. So yeah, it's something which I'll cherish forever. 17 fours and three sixes uh, in that 115 of 122. Delhi really uh, under the, uh, the, ba- the, the kosh, if I could call it that. Uh, his first first class century. Four seasons later, you saw a, you know, a, a Battle against Hyderabad, where you scored one from uh, from number one. So you want to talk me through that? Yeah, that's also pure destiny. But I always don't take strike at all. If I don't take strike, it's number two. So that game I opened. Sadakoman Ramesh was in India duty, and he came and said, "Nothing to do. You have to take strike." You know. So again, just destiny. And I was open. I opened things, so I was meant to score a big. You know, uh, not not a hundred, but I was meant to contribute to a big number eleven. Just going and enjoying myself, but there's a lot more responsibility. So again, it was pure destiny. Like I said, I had to face the first ball because Ramesh said, "Nothing to do. You have to face the first ball." So it was good. Yeah, something to cheer about. <laughs> so. A lot of people talk about 2005-06, the Challenger Trophy final. Uh, you walked out with Sachin Tendulkar uh, to open. You walloped. There's no other way to describe it. Uh, an innings of 87. Uh, your memories, please. Oh, fantastic. Uh, for, I think it was a dream come to, to open with Sachin. Um, and it was beautiful. I think he made me feel... Um, it, it was so simple. Just felt like I'm walking with some other, you know, a college player or a state player. He was so, he was so, you know, made me feel so comfortable. There was not, no airs about him. And, you know, I loved every moment of it. I really wish I got more opportunities, which I didn't to open in session. But I think that's something I will cherish for a long time. I've played against uh, Paji on quite a few occasions. But that's the only time I played with him and something I loved doing him. Yeah. I'm going to uh, now take you to uh, the other Trophy. 
And this is central zone versus south zone. Uh, you made a big 100, 158 from 123. And uh, an interesting stand with Venu, with Venu Gopal Rao. He also had 100, 103. And uh, obviously, those fine hundreds propelled south zone to an 80 run win uh, in that uh, uh, match at the Sawai Mansing Stadium in Jaipur. So, blistering knock. So, I'd like you to comment on it. Yeah, um, I think it was a knock where sometimes as a batsman, you're on your zone where just everything goes so smoothly and so nicely. I was just hitting the ball where I wanted to and, you know, it, it, it was a great feeling. But the only flip side of that knock was the same day, Rohit Sharma got 140 and all the selectors watched that game. So, none of the selectors were there watching my game. So, but I think India, Indian cricket needed Rohit Sharma. So, I'm happy the selectors were there watching him play. But the only thing is nobody was there to watch that game. But yeah, it was it was nice. I really enjoyed playing that game and I could have got a double hundred that game because I got in the 42nd over actually and I was 158 so at that time we didn't have the maturity thing too much so I'm happy yeah, I just went off well so yeah. I'm going to take you to 2008 November of that year I know that you had about three lean seasons so what is your mental makeup when you were going into that game against Karnataka also apart from you having three lean seasons with you you were coming in at 51 for three I mean Badrinath and Dinesh Karthik were back in the hut and you had a debutant which is Arun Karthik for company and then suddenly you just start this clean hitting and you score 193 against Karnataka so talk about coming in from a lean season and doing what you did yeah, it was it was hard. It was very very hard because uh, I was a player who I never had the settled feeling. You know, I batted number eleven, then I opened. I batted number five, number four, and then I batted number eight for a long time. So that always gotten to me. You know, like the first four years as running trophy, I played as a left arm spinner, and I batted number eleven. And after I got the hundred number eleven, I started batting at number nine, number eight on my batting side. You know, going ahead, my bowling side dropping a bit, and then suddenly I, I opened for a couple of years. So all this really worked in my mind. It never gave me a settled feeling, but. What I appreciated about that season was uh, Dinesh Kathik was a captain and you know there's something which really made a big difference that he came and told me that before the season started that whatever happens you have to play every game at number 5. I think that really made a big difference for me. And, you know, a captain coming to me, even if you go to score zero all the games, you're going to play. So, I really appreciated that from the captain. I felt secure that season. The first game, I got 70 against Maharashtra. The second game was a good opportunity for me. Like you said, the Badri Dinesh were back in the pavilion. Arun Kathik was there and Arun Kathik was going berserk. So, I had to play second fiddle at the time. And uh, by that point, I was a lot more responsible as a person, responsible as a player. So, I knew it was a good opportunity for me. And... Um, yeah, again, like I said, that's a knock where I was in complete control of what I was doing and uh, something I tried. And I got a, I reached my 50 with a 100, uh, my, sorry, 50 with a 6, 100 with a 6, 150 with a 6. I wanted to get my 200 with a 6, but I got stumped. So uh, I tried to, you know, emulate Sevak, but not this time. So yeah, so it was good. It was a special knock, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, that's life and cricket being stumped uh, at 193. I remember one knock distinctly. Really amazingly, because it was a dramatic last ball win in the IPL May of 2008. You hit 40 from 23 balls. You got out attempting the pull shot. I mean, here's Glenn McGrath, Mohamed Asif, and uh, you were handling the short and full deliveries very, very well. So, your memories of that particular game, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen Fleming uh, was with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, talk about that T20 game. CSK versus DD. So that was Fleming, the player, the great captain he was. I got 57 the first game against DD and Megra bowled short to me and I was trying to pull and I got the 18th over or something and then uh, our two games later we are playing DD again and Fleming took me to the net and said Megra is going to bowl short to you and I just wanted to practice the pull coming on the front foot and he was a player by the way, he's not a coach. So this is the kind of, you know, great instincts he had. So he chucked around 100 balls to me by I played the pull short 
and the next day the first two balls megra ball shot to me and I, i pulled megra for fourth and i had a lovely uh, smile about it with fleming was on the other end so he was such a phenomenal you know reader of the game and yeah it, um, it, the first year of the ipl was good uh, just that we didn't have the maturity to understand how to play the format because india won the world cup in 2007 and then we had this big um, event coming up so for us it's all about going and hitting every ball so yeah i wish if i had maybe played 4 5 years later i would have been a lot more mature how to go about things but um, i'm a coach now so i'm able to contribute a lot more because of what i learned during that time and what mistakes i made so yeah so it's it's good i had a good small stint in the ipl for 3 years the first year i got to play 9 games i could have done a lot better if i you know it was a lot more mature how to handle situations but no regrets yeah I just want to know uh, mates of yours who you enjoyed batting with. You talked about Sachin Tendulkar but in Tamil Nadu for example you we talked briefly about that Hyderabad game where you got 100. I remember Badri and you Badrinath and you were inseparable. You played almost 30 plus overs uh, during which you added over 200 runs. So you know batting partners guys you enjoyed uh, playing with in the Tamil Nadu side. Uh, I think you got the name Badri was very good to bat with because we complement each other very well you know. I was a stroke player he was somebody who added so much solidity in the middle so I like playing with them because i always had the feeling that i could play my shots that he's like a wall there so he's going to take care of everything i can do what i want to you know uh, so badri was phenomenal badri i think is the most improved player i've ever seen in my life because we have been in college together and uh, the way what he achieved is something uh, un- unimaginable because he, he started off slowly and then he just showed with hard work and dedication you can achieve anything another person i enjoyed batting was dinesh kartik uh he was amazing to bat with very exciting full of life very vibrant so he was somebody and we really had some really good partnerships where we changed the course of the game very very quickly so he somebody also enjoyed batting with him any coaches or mentors you know people you owe a lot to especially when you were a kid a youngster growing up in the game i mean you you have a, a family legacy of cricket yeah yeah uh, i think your yeah, dad is always been great uh, i loved hanuman singh sir and vasu sir unfortunately both them are not there anymore um, i was in the ncm and the kind of impact they had to me mr rajesh dungapur as well i was this young kid this young chubby kid going into the ncm with tremendous skill but no fitness at all but they never spoke about my fitness they always spoke about how good i was with uh, you know with what i was doing and they treated me so well rodney marsh was another person who made a big impact that that one year in ncm really changed transformed me as a cricketer and after that i think b arun has played a big impact in my career uh, when i came to rain trophy again he was somebody who really helped me a lot to understand what kind of a cricketer i was here yeah these i think these people made a big impact in my life but did somebody urge you to open the innings give you that confidence um again uh, i think arun was somebody who you know right did i joined mrf at that time mr senlan was there and uh, he really helped me about understanding how to play as an opener because number 11 is all about slam bang playing and uh, to understand the mindset of an opener was something which was very difficult and it took me some time but uh, i think senlan helped me a lot but sometimes i wish i just continued with my national instinct sometimes you try to think too much as an opener what is actually happening is the ball that is hitting for four i tried leaving because i was thinking too much like an opener maybe if i continued like how sehwag was just doing i would have been a different player but anyway no regrets <laughs> hindsight my last question is about the uh, india tour of south africa that's coming up uh, lots of conspiracy theories floating around rohit of course has a hamstring uh, injury so he's out of the test matches there is speculation that virat might not play the odis he's uh, you know some people say that's because of his child's first uh, uh, birthday 
but there is no doubt that we need Rohit and Virat together in all formats. So, what do you make of of uh, Team India in South Africa if we don't have the services of these two giants? I think yeah, they re- replaceable great players. But uh, the good thing is Mayank has come really good. So I think Mayank and KL will uh, form a solid uh, opening pair. Um, again, we have to see what uh, middle order is where we there one or two spots available. So yes, Rohit played so well in England. You know what I loved about Rohit is Rohit Sharma was a different player in England where he was leaving a lot of balls and he was playing according to the conditions. So I think I've never seen Rohit. Everybody knows what a phenomenal player he is, but the kind of maturity, the kind of discipline he showed in England was you know amazing. And unfortunately now again South Africa, but you know he is going to. miss uh, you know crucial part of the series uh, but that's what i loved about rohit and virat you know one day record speaks for himself you know so it's going to be but i think um, india have a, a very good bench strength in um, one day cricket i think we have a, some fantastic young cricketers coming up like uh, unfortunately ritraj gaikwad is not there but i'm a big fan of ritraj batting he's been really good somebody like a venkatesh ayer is very very good so i think it's a great opportunity for them to you know uh, perform really well and you know give a headache to the team which they already doing so a lot of the youngsters coming in are really performing well and you know make making like dif- difficult for the setters otherwise selectors have to go you know watch and i think it's a big headache for team management it's a good headache to have so yeah that that's something i really even if you see in australia when you won in gabba it's like a india a team beating up phenomenally strong australian side yeah. so that's how good our bench strength is so that's a good thing yeah did you interact with mr dravid with rahul any time and what um, have your interactions been not really i think we just had a small chat because we went to the nca i had to uh, went to do my coaching certification and i just had a small chat with him it's all always wonderful to talk to somebody like him yeah. vidyut sharamakrishnan is part of the tamil commentary panel for the ongoing ashes tour sony 104 and this is right up to the 18th of january watch the second test of the ashes uh, live on sony 6 in english sony 103 in hindi and sony 104 in tamil and telugu it starts 9:30 am indian standard time every day up to the 20th of december thanks for your time and your patience and uh, all the best uh, for your uh, further commentary stint cheers thank you rishi thank you absolute pleasure thank you